What is going on, Hawks Nation? Welcome back to another edition of the HFTB podcast brought to you by Alex and Mac. Um, we said this on our last episode, or maybe we did it, Mac. Is this this is our first episode since the new year started, huh? Uh, it is definitely our first since the new year. We wished everybody a happy new year going into the new year, but now we'll say that I hope everybody did have a good and safe, happy new year. So, um, but yeah, we're into the new year, man, and it's a new year, new opportunities for the Hawks. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, to your point, we wish everyone, all of our listeners, followers, a, a great and successful 2023 big year for uh, all of us. So, you know, we wish you guys the best. It's um, going to be an exciting year for not only us, but hopefully the Hawks as well. Um, obviously, we haven't had the best, you know, last few games or so, but we, we came out with the W last night. Uh, over our win against the Sacramento Kings. So that was a great kind of uh, rejuvenation because uh, obviously we started the new year off with a loss, but we, we bounced back and hopefully we can build on this momentum and start racking up these W's. Um, but let's let's dive right into it, Mac. I mean, hey, obviously the team isn't exactly where it wants to be. We are 5-10 and 10 in our last 15. Really, really bad. Five games under 500 in that stretch. And in total, we are, uh, what are we, one game under 500 now, Mac? Two, we're 18 and 20. Oh, okay, two games under 500. All right. So two games under 500, still not the end of the world because there is a lot of time uh, to make up some ground. And even though, even though we're still two games under 500, um, we're not too far off from like that kind of four to five, six spot. Uh, six spot. So hopefully um, we can kind of end the, the month of January off in a bang and going into all-star break, we can really turn it up a notch. So Mac, what, what are your thoughts about kind of the last 10 to 15 games of, of our guys? Yeah. So uh, first I did want to say prayers up to Mar Hamlin and his family. I know it's a completely different sport, but I'm sure any of our listeners are, you know, aware of that story. So I did just want to, Say prayers up to prayers up to Demar Hamlin and his family. But back to the Hawks. Um, you know, man, I by no means I'm calling you out, but you've been saying it for the last like six episodes that you know we can turn it around here soon. It's a good stretch or whatever. And like I said, not calling you out by any means, but it is one of those where it's like, come on, Hawks! Like, when when is this going to happen? So um, you know, five and ten in our last fifteen is not acceptable. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, man, you know, uh, it's one of those points where me personally, I think a change needs to be made. Uh, that change for myself personally is Nate McMillan. I know the interim status and things like that are a little worrisome and and whatnot. Um, and I get that, you know, <clears throat> the front office has a lot of respect for Nate. But me personally, man, if Tony Ressler wants to prove um and Landry Fields, they want if they want to prove that they're serious about winning and actually want to win a championship for the city of Atlanta. I think you got to cut ties with Nate at this point. I think it's pretty clear he's not going to win the win, win this team a championship. Um, I've said to my friends before. I think I've even said it on the podcast. He's our Mark Jackson to whoever our Steve Kerr hopefully is. <laughs> um, you know that's no disrespect to Mark Jackson. He was a great coach, but you just need a little bit of a different scheme, a little bit of a different culture, a little bit of a fresh breath, something that Nate actually brought a couple of years ago when LP got fired. So um, I just, I don't know, man, I I want to hold on to hope. I want to say, hey, let's not press the eject button yet. Let's not blow anything up yet. Um, I certainly don't think when it comes to roster moves, we really need to do anything drastic. 
Um, I, I do think we still have a lot of studs on our roster that, for the most part, man, I know this is something that in sports on any level you can't, you know, use as an excuse, but we have had a lot of injuries this year. You know, like we haven't had a fully squad, you know, it, not even half the games we played. So um, I, I do think if that's the other way around and we have a basically fully healthy squad all year, maybe we aren't, you know, in this position that we're in. So I know that's not on Nate, and I understand there are certain things that I said in our last episode or one of our episodes recently, the Hawks definitely miss open looks pretty pretty often, right? That's, that's not on Nate. Like, that's something he can do. If anything, Nate, you know, hopefully – schemed up something to actually get the open shot. Maybe it wasn't just the flow of the game that provided that. So, um, you know, I said on our last episode, and I, I regret saying it, but I said best case scenario, it was that Nate was, you know, the coach that led us to a championship. I don't believe that anymore. I just, I don't. Um, I understand that some people may feel differently, and they are perfectly entitled to that opinion. But I I personally, man, I think it's, I think it's time to move on from Nate McMillan. But We'll see what happens. Um, I think I think we lose, uh, you know, another four out of five or, you know, three out of four or whatever it is. And it, it kind of maybe will just, you know, happen itself. But we'll see what happens, man. So what what are what are what are your feelings about about the Hawks recent woes and continued woes at that? Yeah, um, I, I'm kind of pretty much in agreement with you, Mac. Um, you know, Nate McMillan really cool person and, and I wish him the best and whatever he decides to do in the future. And this isn't me declaring that he's going to get fired anytime soon because, you know, from the rumblings that I've heard, uh, I'm not quite sure if a move is going to be made in, in the near term, at least may, maybe like the closest we can see is maybe like all-star break, but that's still another month away. Um, so we, we might be stuck with Nate or worst case scenario. We, we're going to ride him out for the rest of the season because, you know, there's no other quote unquote good enough replacement for him. Um, but, you know, Nate, he, there's definitely some some disconnect there. Right, Mac? And even though we haven't been like losing in terrible ways uh, over the last 15 game stretch, because there are a lot of close games that, you know, we, we should have won the Nets game which again was fully on Nate Warriors game. We came back uh, Lakers. We just got dominated Pacers game. We got dominated, et cetera. But the biggest thing is, is I feel like the preparation and yeah, the, the, the lackadaisical and out of style offense that he runs is certainly not going to be conducive to winning, you know, not only now, but in the future. So it's, it's, it's a tough, tough spot to be in. Um, you know, I've said this on one of the post game shows, but you know, the, the six P's of life, Mac, right? Piss poor uh, or proper planning prevents piss poor performance. And I feel like night in and night out, about 80% of the time, this team looks, at least as of, you know, the last 15, 20 games, this team looks completely unprepared. They look like they're not motivated. Uh, there's no, like, organized game plan going into the game. And it's it's just a complete head scratcher. Like, obviously, we do have adults on the team. And ultimately, it is up for the players to make the plays and make their shots and play defense, etc. But as the head coach, you have to prepare your guys because that's your job you're, you're the leader of this team and in the grand scheme of things this team is still super young uh, all of our best players are you know 26 and younger uh, with our best players still only being 24 years old right so uh, still a lot of maturity still a lot of growth not only for one or two individual players but as a whole team and I just don't know if, if Nate is, is going to be that guy 
And I'm going to reference a article and story that actually came out in August of 2020, Mac. August 2020, there was a Pacers beat reporter um, by the Twitter handle at this is Jay Michael. Um, and basically he, he came out with the headline insider firing Nate McMillan means Pacers are attempting to modernize who they are. And some of the key bullet points of why Nate McMillan was ultimately fired from Indiana back in 2020 was displeased ownership, too much ISO, bad defensive strategy, not enough emphasis on relationship building with players, four key players being unhappy at the time, and rejected pleas to adjust his offense. So ultimately, Nate just being hard-headed and stubborn and kind of not uh, changing and, you know, listening to the requests of maybe his fellow coaching staff members and ultimately his players as well. And as I read this article <clears throat> that I just stumbled upon just like a few days ago, I thought to myself, hmm, this sounds eerily familiar to a team now in 2023. And unfortunately, that is our team, Mac, that is the Atlanta Hawks. We've seen time and time again the over-exaggeration of just iso ball, especially in crunch time late in the fourth quarter, whether it's Trey, whether it's DeJounte, bogey here and there, et cetera. There's just too much of that. Ball movement completely stops. Uh, the emphasis on like the mid-range and this and that BS that just isn't modern basketball in today's day and age. Um, and obviously – you know, some players being unhappy with the whole Trey and Nate drama that happened a few weeks ago. You know, it's it's pretty much on par exactly word for word, you know, narrative by narrative what's happening now. And um, I don't know what happened in Portland when when he got fired in, uh, in his last coaching job before Indiana. But I'm going to guess it's, it's something similar too, right? And so, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And, you know, the Pacers learned or the, the Trailblazers learned the hard way. Their first go around, then Indiana took a shot at Nate McMillan. They learned the hard way after what he did in Portland. And now us, we are the victims of the third team kind of, uh, you know, falling to, to Nate McMillan in his stubborn ways. So all in all, you know, if you guys have been following us, I've been very vocal uh, the past couple of weeks of mine, um, you know, to put it nicely, just unhappiness with kind of the coaching right now. Um but again, at the end of the day, we're both fans. We want what's best for the team. And, you know, if Nate can make that change, great. You know, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the team. I'd rather see us win than me be correct, right? I don't think Nate McMillan is going to be a, a guy to win us a championship. I don't even think he's going to be a guy to take us out the first round. I think the the, the two um, ECF run a couple of years ago, as I said, the soon as it happened, we fired Lloyd Pierce. Any coach in that situation with how motivated our guys were could have took us to the ECF. It wasn't, in my personal opinion, any credit to Nate McMillan because uh, he really didn't do anything differently. And quite honestly, he actually ran the same offense uh, that Lloyd Pierce ran uh, that same year because he didn't want to change anything up, uh, you know, midway through the season. And we saw how, how potent we were. Uh, last year was the first time Nate decided to change the offensive scheme. We saw how we did, barely made the play-in, barely made the eighth seed. We got gentlemen swept, and now this year we're under 500 with all his talent. I mean, it's it's it's, it's bad. So um, we'll see what happens. I I'm on four. I'm going to be a pessimist, Mac. I don't think this team is going to improve that much more as long as Nate McMillan is the head coach because we're just getting out out coached. 
out-schemed, out-prepared, out-everything. And, you know, coaches on the opposing sidelines, they're they're running co- uh, circles around our guys because they're actually properly game planning against our team, reading the scouting reports, knowing who to attack, et cetera. And we just don't have that. And, um, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough couple next games. Uh, but let's let's just pray for the best, right? <laughs> oh yeah, man. And you know, Nate, like like you've said it perfectly, but it's not even just you know some things he does. Also, the, these boneheaded substitutions that he'll do. I believe you mentioned one on our last episode. He did one in the Warriors game. So you know, it's the end of the game. Uh, uh, Big O is is uh, one of the better box outers or <laughs> box outers. Yeah, I guess in the NBA, I don't know the poor version of that. But he's one of the better people that up that in the NBA, and he gets taken out for for the for the last defensive possession. Why? Why? And of course, what do the Warriors do? They get two offensive boards and they uh, score the game winning goal. So it's just one of those where there are certain things that Nate does, where like you said, as just a basic fan watching the game, if I can see that that is wrong, what you're doing, and that that's just objectively just dumb, for lack of a better term. Like exactly. Then, 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 why? How? How are you one of the third? You know, thirty people in the world that have this title, meaning an NBA head coach. How are you doing this, man? So I just, I, I, I really hope it's not, you know, what we've heard that Nate can be kind of petty and want to burn things down from the inside. I really hope that's not true. But I can't lie, man. When things like that happen, it, 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 it causes you to raise your eyebrows a little bit, you know. So. Um, it is what it is. Like you said, I would rather be wrong about Nate and us start winning games and, and turn it around and become a championship contending team. But just like you, man, I, I just don't see it happening, but we'll, and we'll see what happens. Back off that, like you, you made a great point with, with that call out, but even in the Nets game, you know, um, a couple, couple games ago, we had two timeouts left with about nine seconds of game time still left. Uh, any most coaches, I'd say maybe 29 other coaches would have called a timeout, reset, advance the ball up uh, at half court, draw up a play, a successful play. Instead, Nate elects to not call a single timeout out of the two that we had remaining. It results in a scrambled possession or and we're hoisting up a, a, a three point shot when we're only down by one point like that is the epitome of stupidity, moronic. You know every other word in the dictionary, and it's it's just it's frustrating, and it's it genuinely makes me very angry and not want to watch this team simply because of some of the decisions that our head coach is actively making. I mean, it's 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 just like it's it's a it's a slap in the face to all the other twenty nine head coaches in the NBA right now, saying that if Nate McMillan can basically be in the same elk and call himself an NBA head coach. Um, it, it's a it's disrespectful to the league and to other coaches that actually deserve that. And, and you know, it, it it's just it, it's mind boggling. So and we can go on for hours about other simple, stupid decisions that Nate has done uh, that ultimately put put this team behind. But, uh, you know, we, we won't do that. But, yeah, uh, I, I'm a changed man, Matt. Maybe in years past, I would have, you know, um, gloated about me being right. But I don't care. I'm, I pray to God that I am wrong about this team and Nate McMillan. And I hope Nate can somehow, you know, it's a new year. I hope he can revitalize this team and our, our team start winning these games. But um, I would like nothing more to be wrong. But realistically speaking, 
I just don't see it happening until we make that change. Um, so, you know, Tony Ressler, Nick Ressler, Jamie Gertz, you know, all, all the other owners, Grant Hill. If you guys ever happen to listen to this clip, I speak on probably 98% of the fan base that would say Nate McMillan needs to go. I even ran a poll on Twitter, like out of, and we got, you know, thousands of votes. And I think it was an overwhelming majority. 88% said he should have been fired right after that. I think it was the Nets game. And Mm -hmm. then uh, there was the, I think there was like 5% of people that said, wait until the all-star break. And then there was like 4% of people that said he shouldn't be fired. So um, maybe that was Nate McMillan on a few burners, maybe his son Jamel Hill uh, contributing to those votes. But 88% said he should have been fired pretty much the day of. That's pretty telling. But, you know, I, I don't want to ruin my night. I don't want to ruin your night or or all of our listeners that happen to listen to this. We won't we won't go on Nate McMillan too much longer. But, you know, I think we I, I'm going off the Nate McMillan train. Oh, yeah. No, we'll. uh We'll we'll end we'll end our talk about Nate because like you said, man, we can go off forever about that. And um, before we go into uh, John Collins' improved play, because I we got to talk about in this episode, man, the guy's been killing it lately. And I, I I do have to say what I I think why, but we'll get into that. But before we do, man, why don't you uh, go and give a shout out to our guys at Firmament? Yes, sir. Firmament Solutions. You guys need to check them out. Go check out their website www.firmament. That is F I R M. A-M-E-N-T solutions.com. If you're ever looking to reach a physical network for the future, you're going to want the networks that are actually built to last and that can scale with technology do so. And that's exactly what Firmament Solutions is for. They're one of the industry leaders in information highway construction building. So if you're a business owner or you work in a business that could utilize these types of services, then I would highly recommend Firmament Solutions. Go check them out. They're a local company based out of Georgia, but they work all over domestically in the U.S. So check those guys out, www.firmamentsolutions.com. Tell them Alex and Max sent you from Hawksfan TV, and uh, yeah, they'll treat you good. So shout out to you guys, and um, we appreciate all of your hard work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We love our guys at Firmament. Check them out, guys. Promise you won't be disappointed. Um, so yeah, man, like I said, right before that, you know, it's, it's hard not to talk about the Hawks recent play and not talk about John Collins improved play recently. The guy has been putting up some monster numbers and, you know, um, I'll say, you know, what I think about it. And then I guess I'll let you kind of say how you feel about what I think it may be, but man, I can't lie to a degree. It almost feels like he's doing a little bit of a tryout for other teams uh, I'm sure at this point, John uh, is probably tired, whether he takes much thought or consideration into him. I, if I was him, I know I'd be tired of these every single year trade rumors around him. Um, you know, I, there's no way in hell he doesn't see any of them. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm probably being a little facetious there. I understand. But part of it, man, is just it's one of those where feels like maybe he's just like, hey, other teams, I can't ball out. I can't do this. But, of course, in probably all reality, it's John Collins is an incredible guy. So I know it's just because he wants to, you know, play well for the Hawks and, and do well for the Hawks. But there is a little part of me that's like, oh, man, it kind of almost feels like you're trying out for other teams. Because at this point, man, if John Collins does get traded, um, I'm not one of those that wants to see him go. And I – you know, and he's not even my favorite player on the team, but I do love John Collins, right? So point being is that if he if he did go somewhere else, 
Um, it'd be just like Kevin Herter. It'd be just like DeLon Wright. I'd, I'd be happy for him. I'd, I'd hope he'd go into a good situation. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I'll say, man, he's playing great, but I just, I say it with a smile because it's not very serious, but I, I feel like he might be trying out a little bit for other teams. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe. Um, you know, I, I, I genuinely like JC despite of my harsh criticism uh, around his play sometimes just because I, I know some games he's, he's, one of the best power forwards in the league. And then other games, he just completely falls off. He turns the ball over, uh, still can dribble, et cetera. But personally, like just from uh, a man-to-man standpoint, I, I love everything that he embodies. And, and anytime he's he's with the fans and he loves the city, he loves the team, loves the fans here. So regardless of what happens, I think JC's one of you know the best guys on the team. Um, but and, and hopefully he can stay on the team, right? I don't think JC is the problem. I think ultimately it is Nate McMillan that is kind of the main culprit of, of why this team has been struggling. Uh, I know I, I you know use JC in, in some trade machine talks, this and that, uh, because you know there there were games, especially early on the season, where you know he was just kind of killing the offense, especially with this three-point efficiency uh being so abysmal. But like you mentioned, as of late, he definitely has improved his play. 22 points last night against the win in Sacramento. He dropped 25 points against Golden State. Um, you know, he didn't do so hot against the Lakers. Only had seven points, but only took seven shots. But then he had 21 against Brooklyn, 26 against Indiana. Uh, so I'd say arguably that's probably his best five-game stretch of the season. Like, I can confidently say that almost um, because – yeah, there there hasn't been a whole lot of 20-plus point games from J.C. this season, which is a little bit peculiar, but, you know, um, I'm glad his, he's starting to find his rhythm, right? He, he's, you know, up in the rebounds. Uh, his three-point shot is looking better. Uh, he shot 50% last night, two out of four, only hit one out of five in Golden State, but then he hit three out of six against Indiana, one out of three against Brooklyn. So it looks like his three-point shot is starting to improve slowly. Maybe he's done something differently with his finger. Um, and, and obviously he's getting more touches, right? You know, DeJounte Murray had a big quote after last night's game. Uh, it was Lauren Jabbar, I believe, who was, uh, you know, asking JC a question like, hey, you know, what's gotten into you? Back-to-back games with 20-plus points, double-digit rebounds. And DeJounte uh, interrupted the question midway through and basically said he's got to get more touches and, and get to, you know, we got to give him the ball more. So, um, uh yeah, that, that was pretty telling. And, you know, obviously with Clint Capella not being in the lineup for the past, oh God, I don't even know how many games we've missed him now for the last like seven, eight games in a row, uh, obviously has helped JC. He's the primary rebounder. So that's why his rebounding numbers have looked better as of late. He's getting more looks and he's kind of being used as that primary kind of rim runner now. So, you know, all, all that definitely contributes and it kind of backs the whole theory of what a lot of fans have been saying is, you know, you you gotta have you can't have both Clint Capella and JC on the court at the same time because JC's primary specialty and his best ability is rim running and finishing in the paint. Um, it's not to be used as a spot up three point shooter and space the floor and let Clint Capella eat up all the the paint points. Uh, and in years past, that's been able to work because JC has been a very reliable three point shooter. But you know, this season it just hasn't been working, and so now you're seeing some of those redundancies. Uh, but Clint Capella obviously hasn't been playing uh, in the last games, and, and JC's been the main beneficiary of that. So all in all, I'm, I'm glad what I'm seeing from him. Um, 
and he's obviously been playing great defensively, back two blocks uh, in a row, back-to-back games, uh, racking up some steals as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy for JC. Hopefully he keeps balling out. Uh, but it would be naive of us to say that, you know, this isn't a potential, like you mentioned, potential tryout for other teams because of all the the rumors around JC and with, uh, you know, Landry Fields now being the new general manager, you know, we could certainly see a scenario where JC does get dealt by the uh, the deadline. So regardless of what happens, I'm just glad he's playing well and we came out with the W last night. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I certainly don't hope this happens, but if it is that it's a little bit of a tryout, you know, the better he plays, that probably just means a better of a return haul that we get. So, hey, man, it's 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 a it's a win win no matter what the situation is. So. Um, I agree, though. Like you said, John Collins is definitely one of the better men on on the team. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those where I've always been a huge fan of him. My girlfriend's favorite player is John Collins. So I don't I don't want to see him go anywhere. I, I do want that to be pretty clear. But at the end of the day, man, it's one of those where, you know, I, if, if it happens, uh, it's it, it happens. Because at, at this point, I, I think most Hawk fans, uh, you can you can tell by how many people are going at each other on Twitter um we're none of us are happy man and you know when that happens changes more than often have to be made so um but yeah man we'll uh we'll, we'll wrap up jc we'll move on to the, our last topic of the episode and that is going to be the all-star voting because that's actually something that came out today the uh the fan result numbers um some of them pretty shocking to me before we get into uh trey young and, and his numbers i i will say this i thought it was pretty shocking that luca didn't have the most votes uh, I know LeBron and Kevin Durant have been the face of the league for, you know, a decade now. Obviously, LeBron even longer than that. Uh, but Luca, man, I, I just thought with how well he's playing this year, he would have got the number one vote-getter. So I thought that was a little little shocking. But, hey, man, those are the two the two kings of the league. So it's uh one, one shocking either to see them up there. But uh, Trey Young being fifth in guards and in, in voting, um, I, I personally think it's unfair, man, because he is clearly there because of the Hawks' record. Uh, all the guys ahead of them, they do have better records as teams, but none of them have better stats. None of them do. So it's just one of those where I think all-star voting, Trey has proved it in the past, actually. Other players have as well. Um, this isn't a team success kind of thing in my mind. It is an individual um, accolade, and I I've, I've, I do think Trey deserves to be an all-star, all-star starter again. Whether the Hawks are 18 and 20, 20 and 18 or 25 and, you know, 15, whatever it is, you know, I, um, you know, I was, I was looking at the numbers before we got on, you know, Trey is, pull this up real quick. Trey is ninth in, in points and second in assists. And the only other person that's top 10 in points with them is Jalen Brown and Donovan Mitchell. All those other guys in assists are 45th or lower. I, I mean, I'm just saying, man, these are, you know, it, I just, I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I could go off forever about this, but it, it to me it, it's a little crazy that uh, Trey got fifth in, in the fan voting. Now that doesn't mean necessarily you know that you know he won't end up being a starter. I know that the fan voting isn't the only determinant of it, but um, it's a uh, it's it's wild, man. I I, I think uh, like I just said, if the Hawks are twenty five and fifteen, not only do I think Trey Young is easily an all-star starter, I think he's easily also in the MVP conversation. So that's also where some of my frustration towards naming Millie comes, not to bring Nate back into it, but it is like, man, I feel like you're kind of letting our superstar player not really 
you know, shine to his fullest potential. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I, I will die on that hill for this season that Trey Young does deserve to be an all-star starter again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky because there, there's so many players that have been phenomenal this season. And if we're, you know, speaking objectively, uh, because of the efficiency and Trey out of all the guys that you listed uh, has significantly worse, you know, field goal percentages, three-point percentages, et cetera, the turnovers um, have been a lot worse. So, you know, if, if you're looking at it strictly just from like a points per game standpoint, um, I, I would totally get it. But, you know, just to play kind of devil's advocate and be a little objective here, it, it's I, I could see why some people would make a case for someone like a Donovan Mitchell, because, I mean, he's been absolutely just falling out of his mind and, and someone like a Jalen Brown, same with Jalen. He's, he's been hooping um, and y- you know how fans get right. And, and Trey is obviously one of the most hated players in the league. And it's going to be tough for, for him to make an all-star starter again. Um, I hope it happens just because Trey's our guy. He's our superstar. He's, he is, you know, he's been the face of the franchise for the last four years. Uh, and we need someone like him representing the team in the city. So I hope he makes an all-star team. But, you know, it, it seems like realistically it's going to be on one of those reserve roles, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I agree. Even though the efficiency is down, he's still top 10 in points. But no other point guard in the East, at least, has nearly as many as assists. The dude is averaging damn near 10 assists per game. It's his career best 9.9 assists per game that he's averaging as of what is today, January 5th. 2023. Uh, so he's basically giving you 20 in 10. Uh, I think his efficiency will improve. But like you said, um, I don't think an all star like starting position or even a reserve should have anything, any relevance to team success. It should be straight about individual talent, because at the end of the day, this is an all star game, right? You want to see the best players, the, the flashiest players um at at the all-star game performing not like you know a really good role player that just happens to be on you know a first or second seed right now it's just it's silly and and I would even argue you know we've been beneficiaries of that you know that year the Hawks won 60 games we had four all-stars uh (laughs) at that all-star game which you know I love you Kyle Korver but there's no way in hell that Kyle Korver ever should have been an all-star that year uh and same with Jeff Teague so I get it (laughs) <laughs> team success certainly does have a lot of play in that, which is unfortunate. Um, but ho- hopefully our guy Trey can do it. And, and, you know, for all you listeners out there, if you haven't voted, please do so. You know, I, I've done my votes multiple times. And it's sad because um, I was hoping we'd have not only one, but two All-Stars at least represented in the All-Star game, whether it was a starter or a reserve. But no other no other Hawks player was even in the top 10 or 12 in all-star voting at their respective position. No, no DeJounte, no Dre, no JC, no Clint Capella. So that's a little bit unfortunate. But, hey, I mean, when you're 18 and 20, you're not going to get a whole lot of love. And, you know, I think our guys would even agree like, hey, we got to perform better. We got to play better and start racking up these W's because at the end of the day, all this league is is about winning games. You know, it doesn't matter if you rack up L's. You gotta win, and um, that that's that's the bottom line. So it's unfortunate, but hopefully at least our guy Trey can make it. He got snubbed two years ago, unfortunately. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. But regardless of if he does make it or if he doesn't, I just want us to win, baby. Just win, just <laughs> win games. And, and you know, if if he if no Hawks player makes an All Star team, but we make it to another ECF or Finals, I would gladly trade that. Much like twenty twenty. 
when uh, when we had zero All Stars, and that was the year that Trey actually got snubbed. He went on went on a tear in the playoffs, and of course, we were two games away from the finals. So I'll gladly take you know any version of that over a, a meaningless All Star game appearance. Hey, but, if it gives him a chip on his shoulder, man, I'll take it, man. I'll exactly. take it. I'll take yeah, it. and that, that's a good point. You know, may, maybe without that All Star appearance this year, um, you know, that's just going to motivate him to play harder, and he needs to remind these kids, you know, who Trey Young is, who Ice Young is. And uh, we'll we'll see what happens, but you know Trey has kind of been on a roller coaster this season. There's he started the season really slow, and then there was a few games recently where he looked phenomenal, just like the old Trey again, um, and then back down. So hopefully we get a more consistent Trey and kind of the old Ice Trey back in 2023 because we're going to need it if we want to uh, catch up in these rankings. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and you know. Uh... Before we wrap up, I did I did think about the efficiency. Trey is definitely having his worst year efficiency-wise of probably his entire career, and hopefully his entire career. I hope, I hope he doesn't have a worse one than this one. Uh, but, you know, man, growing up being a Kobe fan, I guess, I guess I'm just not afraid of guys, you know, uh, chugging up as many shots as they need to to get those points, man. Um, you know, so – I hope the efficiency improves, but at the end of the day, man, I'll I'll, I'll take my guy over the other floor ahead of him. So, um, but yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up on that, man. Uh, it hasn't hasn't been easy easy selling for uh for the Hawks here recently. Hopefully that improves, but our schedule here soon. I don't I don't know if it will, man. We'll see what happens. Uh, but you know, I can say one thing for certain: we'll still be here. Hawks fan TV will still be bringing that content. We'll still be uh, recording podcasts, doing spaces, writing articles. We'll still be doing our thing. I know you guys will still be listening, and we appreciate that uh, tremendously. Um, so, yeah, man, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up on there, guys. Uh, have a great night, guys. As always, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thank you all for listening.